Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to KT Confidential. This is episode 18, and today we're discussing the federal budget that was announced and all of the benefits to first-time home buyers. We hope you enjoy. All right, this is KT Confidential, episode 18, and today we are going to discuss some of the changes that have been made to first-time home buyers' plans. Well, we're discussing the yeah the federal government's 2019 budget and how it affects real estate. Yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of positive changes, and um, well, let's get right to it and and discuss them. So, first-time home buyers are, I'd say, affected the most. It's always a primary focus, or at least that's where we've focused on. No, I think that is the primary everything. I mean, yes, I've, housing. Housing as a general is has been uh, a big part of the Everything revolves around getting more people into the market. Um, and creating more homes. Well, that is how they're making it so that people can get into the market because the lack of inventory makes homes less affordable. So, uh, they're doing a number of things to help for some home buyers. Do you want to talk about the, um, the well, most? Yeah, let's, let's get the uh, RSP plan out of the way. So typically uh, for the last 10 years, first time home buyers were allowed to withdraw twenty up to $25,000 individually towards the purchase of a property, whether it was a new home or resale home. Right. If you're a uh, a couple and neither of you have purchased a home, um, then that qualified for up to fifty thousand dollars. Right, twenty five per person. Twenty five per person. They've now increased that to thirty five thousand per person, um, and the thought mindset behind that is that um, home prices have gone up and you need more money to put down. Right. So the way that works is you can withdraw uh, funds towards the purchase of a house as a down payment from your RSP tax-free, and you have, I think, 16 years to pay it back. 15. 15 years to pay it back. Um, the money in the RSP has to have been there for 90 days before you pull it out. Um, it's a great program. I used it when I bought my first house. I think I used $16,000. Um, and if you don't pay the money back, then you take whatever that uh, amount for that year would have been, and you add it to your income, and you then pay taxes on it. Correct. Um, so it's not like you're forced to. You then have the option of. Well, and just so everybody's it. clear, uh, you can pay the minimum amount every year when you're filing your taxes. So basically take the amount that you've uh, withdrawn and then divide it over the 15 years. You're paying that back interest-free, tax-free. Um, you can increase that amount. So if you are gifted some money or you got a raise, whatever, you can increase that amount as well. But it wouldn't make sense to. It wouldn't. It wouldn't because it's interest-free and and right. why would you do that? Um, but you, you, could. you could also pay it off um, at any time uh, as well. Here's my tip and trick for first-time home buyers. So if you are considering to purchase a new home and you qualify as a first-time home buyer, there is a way essentially for you to get some free money. So most first time home buyers will put money aside, put money in savings or plan as such. Okay, we're gonna buy a home this year, maybe in September, October, November, whatever, and start putting money aside. Thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, whatever that amount is. 
deposit that savings into your RSP for that 90-day period and then withdraw it for your down payment on the property. Even if you're getting a gift from a, a parent, you know, um, bank of mom and dad gives you some money for your new house, put it into your RSP, leave it there for 90 days, and then pull it out for your, um, for your purchase. Reason being, you're going to get that tax deduction on your income taxes. So if you put $20,000 into that RRSP and you are taxed, just to keep numbers nice and easy, you're taxed at a 25% tax rate, you're saving $5,000 in your income tax that year, and you can still pull that $20,000 back out in 90 days. So essentially, you made $5,000 for doing nothing. So if you're thinking about buying a home, you've got some money on the side, dump it in there, and then pull it out. And now you've got up to $35,000 available to do that, $70,000 per couple. It's a great way of saving, making a few bucks, and getting into the market. Well, even doing the math and seeing if it makes sense to get an RSP loan. Absolutely. Take That's... an RSP loan, dump it into the RSP, collect all that taxes back. Correct. So if you don't have of it. the bank of mom and dad, the yeah. bank of Scotiabank or RBC will lend you some uh, some money. You can pay it back at any time. Usually those loans come at a relatively aggressive uh, interest rate and you can pay those off at any time as well. So yeah, take a a loan, 10,000 bucks, whatever it is, put it into that RSP, get your tax savings. You got that free money. Bring that 10,000 back out, pay off the loan. You're set. Yeah, it's a great program. $35,000. So I'm assuming, I didn't read it, but I'm assuming $70,000 per household if it's a couple and both are new first-time buyers. If both qualify on the program. Yeah. Another interesting thing, this is a first, uh, is the shared equity mortgage. This is huge. Huge. This is huge for first-time home buyers. I love it. And if this doesn't set the bar for the housing market, I don't know what else will. This is a direct confidence from the government in saying we have a very solid housing market and we want younger people and first-time homebuyers not only to be able to afford to get into the market, but to own homes. Well, they're investing in the real estate market. They are investing now, what is it, billions of dollars into making housing available for more people. That is direct faith that the market is not crashing anytime yeah. soon. And um, you want to get into the market, this is a great way to do it. So do you want to elaborate on this plan? Because I think it's uh, it's one yeah. that people are going to be asking a lot of questions about. Yeah, so from everything I've read, it's pretty uh, very fair program, especially compared to the equivalent in the private sector. So basically, uh, shared equity mortgage is where so the federal government will contribute uh, either five percent it's through cmhc through cmhc either five percent or ten percent uh towards your down payment as long as you have to have the minimum of five percent down to do this uh and then they have a shared equity stake in the property of five percent or ten percent depending on the program so ten percent applies to new construction and 5% applies to resale. So the idea with 10% for new construction is they're trying, this is one of the things they're doing to try to increase 
um, the volume of new homes being built because that will directly have an effect on affordability as, there, as there's more inventory. What we're not going to talk about today, but it correlates and it's a direct um, effect on this, is that they are dumping millions of dollars with CMHC and um, uh, external um, programs to find ways to improve and increase uh, the amount of uh, new home construction. So um, how can they you know, ramp up over the next several years in terms of how many homes are available uh, from the new home construction side and then ultimately um, giving that perk. What the hell are you doing? I'm just going on Instagram Live. Oh, it's a little late for that, isn't it? It's never too late. Already 10 minutes in. Never too late. Uh, So for anyone on Instagram Live, we're just talking about the uh, 2019 federal budget and the various components that affect real estate. And so far, we've talked about uh, the RSP plan. Talked about the increase from twenty-five thousand to thirty-five thousand on the uh, first-time home buyer RSP program, which means a total of seventy thousand dollars per household uh, if you have two um, two owners, both first-time home buyers. And now we're talking about the shared equity plan through CMHC. Uh, so you will be able to get an additional. It's almost like a loan, right? It, it, it's almost it's it like is a, a deferred. Loan. It's a deferred loan. It's a loan. deferred loan, absolutely. So CMHC is going to take a, a, a portion of the um, equity in your home. So if um, if you use this program to purchase a resale home, you'll own ninety five percent of it, and CMHC will own five percent of it. That's right. Now this program is a five year program. So if you refinance. Um, or you sell the property, you then owe CMHC that 5% back and the equivalent in the gains as well. They didn't say if there's any limit to that. So if you're a first-time home buyer and happen... Limit? Yeah, so if you're a first-time home buyer and happen to be able to afford a million-dollar home, like some first-time well, home buyers no, do in Toronto... Well, no, there is a limit. Is it's there? household income is 120 k which means it's likely not a million-dollar home. Right. Um, well, what if that first time home buyer is making less than 120K and they have 600,000 down on a million dollar home? Then they'd, bum, be, bum, bum. they'd be stupid to take the money. <laughs> Why would you give anyone shared equity in a home? I don't know. I'm just uh, tossing around. But you're right. I don't think there is a limit. If you want to use it, the government would do it because they're betting on the market right. improving and they're going to make money. Probably right. more than they'd make on the interest on the mortgage or on the loan, had they have just given you a loan at whatever percent. So did we explain how it works yet when you sell? I don't think so. You will go ahead. Sure. So if you, so first of all, you've got 5% down. Let's say you're buying a resale home. Uh, the government pitches in another 5%. So if you're buying a $500,000 house, your down payment is now bumped from twenty-five k to $50,000. Uh, which will reduce your monthly payments. And that's the whole idea is to make housing more affordable for people. Now, the way the government makes money off of it is when you sell, they have that 5% uh, ownership in the house. So they take 5% of the appreciation. So if you sell for 100000 more than you bought it for, then they're getting their $5,000 when you sell. So it's, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And numbers are reasonable. So I was looking at some, there are private lenders that offer similar programs. 
but many of them, when let's say they're doing a 10% shared equity, they'll give you 10% towards the down payment, but they want, I've seen up from what I was reading up to 35% uh, equity. So pretty significant, a huge difference. You think about how much money CMHC is going to rake in through this program. Like not only are now they now making money on that initial down payment, they most likely are attracting first-time home buyers that can't afford that 20% down. Right. So they're also making the premiums on the insurance. Yeah. So they're going to be raking it in. But again, you know. Although if you've got 15% down and they bump that up to another five. Correct. Or you've got 10 and you're buying new construction, they bump it up another 10 and you hit the 20, you're saving on the premium. Yeah. And I think that's going to work really well in areas where home prices are still uh, relatively affordable. So, you know, a $400,000 home, it's very realistic for a couple to have a 15 or 10 or 15% uh, down payment. And if that tops them up to the 20% down, then they're, um, they have no need for the That's right. mortgage insurance. So And so the time, I guess the variable you have to look at is when you're giving anyone a stake of ownership in anything you have, um, is it worth it? So you would only do it if you need to. So if you can't comfortably carry the house with the down payment you have, then it's something to consider. But if you can comfortably carry it and manage your funds and still be within budget and, you know, not living paycheck to paycheck, why would you want to give anybody a stake in that asset? We got to do that math, too, to see uh, if it overrides, if it takes you up to that 20% down, which makes more sense to pay the uh, quote unquote interest on your shared equity or having to pay the mortgage insurance premium. Well, I think that's that that's probably a gamble. It's like you're betting on where will the market be and whenever I sell. So the question years, I yeah years. the question I had though that is still unanswered and I'm gonna dig into this over the next few days. Um, what happens just hypothetically? You bought the house for five hundred thousand and now it's worth forty thousand uh, <laughs> or four hundred thousand. That's quite an extreme, yeah, but yeah. I, I get your well, how many? Uh, yeah, how much is uh, per square foot is that condo again? Yeah. You want to go down that road? <laughs> Half a cent. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you buy a $500,000 condo. It's now worth 400000 You got to sell it because you're relocating. How much do you owe back to CMHC? Is it the initial amount or is it the same equity amount? I don't know. But My guess is, I mean, obviously they're not going to... I mean, you don't owe them anything. In, I wouldn't think you owe them anything beyond the original... or 10%, whatever they've given you. Maybe some sort of administrative fee. It's like the banks when you break a mortgage. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) $10,000 administrative (laughs) fee. So you might want to read the fine print because that's not clearly listed anywhere. No. So whenever there's... I've read through the entire federal budget. It's not there. (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) All three. Whenever there's something that's not clear, you really need to make sure you've done your due diligence. So have a lawyer read through... Whenever that comes out in detail, read through properly. Yes. Another interesting thing that they've done, which I think is huge, very helpful, is uh, you mentioned this, so you might be able to explain it better, but how these programs now not only apply to first-time homebuyers, but also uh, divorcees. I love this. And and even if you're common law. Okay. So. Which is how long? 
Can you, uh, you gotta up? you gotta be living together for three years, I believe. I don't be think so. Law. Maybe I think two, maybe like one or less. It's not much at all. Whatever. So if you're common law, or you're married and you're divorced, you're separating, you're you're going through bullshit and you're going your own ways, uh, you will now qualify under that first time home buyer plan to pull out your RRSPs and use it um, interest free, tax free. Uh, towards the purchase of a home. This is important because, especially for those going through a divorce and that have um, assets that need to be divided, and sometimes it takes a while, especially through courts and lawyers, uh, for that to get settled. So you wonder at what point in the process do they now revert back to that status of qualifying? Do they have to be legally divorced or legally separated? I, I don't know how it works. Don't know, but uh, again, more info coming coming down the pipeline for this. But might be worth getting divorced, just for the purpose, <laughs> just, just for that yeah. of qualifying for I'll, these programs. I'll tell again. Alicia you said that, and then get re- well. I'm not hiding it. It's <laughs> Don't worry, she doesn't podcast. watch the podcast. No, not likely. Um, anyway, so that's I think that's a very helpful because we have many clients we help in those situations, and it's never, it's always a nasty situation. As nice as they may think it's going to go, it's always not nice. It's, it's always difficult. Messy. It's difficult for most and people. And there's always financial implications. Like, you know, I, I know I was dealing with somebody a few years ago. A grown man has a great job. Well, I hope it's a grown man that's married. <laughs> I mean, I'm just <laughs> emphasizing that, you know, these are established people. Uh, and he had to get money from his mom because it's just like, you know, it just gets messy. So. Um, I think that's a great move. So a lot of great programs uh, in this budget. There's a lot of things that people aren't going to like throughout the entire budget, but uh, they've also increased, we won't talk about that here, but they've increased a lot of um, ways for seniors to be um, bringing in more income, uh, especially ones that uh, are on pensions and things like that. So I like that. Um, But I really love this for, for, you know, the younger generation that, really does want to get into the market. We've talked about young people, um, you know, in their teens and early 20s, mid 20s. Cameron's talked about it. Uh, Some some don't want to own a home. That's fine. They want to rent. They want to travel. They want to party, whatever. You're a prerogative. But if you want to own a home and you're busting your ass, you got the side hustle going, you're saving money, you're coupon cutting, you're doing all that shit. Now there's some programs in place to actually help you get into the market a little bit more aggressively. You might not be buying a thousand square foot condo in downtown Toronto, but you might be buying a thousand square foot condo in Burlington. Yeah. So um, it's great news. And uh, I think it's going to stimulate the lower end of the market. So lower priced homes are going to see a nice jolt. Uh, condos are going to see a nice boost uh, because of this. And ultimately, it's that trickle-down effect or triple trickle-up effect. So if that $400,000 condo is getting tons of traffic and attention, you know now it's climbing up in price and it's going to push everything upwards as well. So I do expect that this is going to further increase the prices of homes this year. Lots of activity happening already. It's spring. Yeah, This is a great time for it. Great news for young people. Well, another thing they're doing is um, 
trying to crack. I shouldn't say young people because there are people in their 30s, 40s, and even 50s that would qualify as first-time home buyers. That's ignorant of me. Um, this is a great, especially yeah, immigrants. Yeah, in, new immigrants, perfect example. Um, you know, and a lot of them come here with enough money to have as a small down payment on their home. That's their dream to own a home in mm -hmm. in Canada. I mean, like how many people in the world would dream of something like that? And now the Canadian government um, is going to back them up to make that dream happen. I think it's awesome. Well, another thing they're doing is obviously wherever there's fraud or uh, anything like that, that costs the government a lot of money. So when it comes to mortgage fraud and uh, tax evasion and money laundering, the real estate market is a big uh, target for that stuff. And they, so they're doing things to try to minimize those instant instances. So they've just, uh, just reading here, so they've created um, four new dedicated real estate audit teams in the CRA focusing on BC and Ontario. Um, and you, I mean, I can't speak to much outside of the tax evasion, but there's lots of people that are um, flipping houses and not paying proper taxes on them. And I hear stories all the time about people that do it multiple times and um, claim it as their primary residence or are doing it very often and only pay, paying capital gains, and then the CRA comes after them and charges them uh, back taxes uh, at their income rate on all the money they made. So uh, that stuff's important too. I think everybody. Yeah, there's probably even people there that are uh, claiming uh, second properties as a first-time home buyer because Absolutely. nobody's going to catch it until somebody catches it. Right. So the right. more people uh, on staff there to catch it, this is yeah. definitely a good thing. I agree. So, oops. So yeah, it'll be uh, an interesting year. That's what happens when the mic is low. I know, but I, I don't like when I can't see your face. So oh, that's so sweet. Try to keep it out of my way. Anyways, so I think it's good news all around. It'll be interesting to see. Um, when does this come into effect? Immediately. Nice. Okay, Cam, time to buy you a house. Well, you go. Cameron is a perfect example of this program. Like... Here's a kid busting his ass. He's got some money on the side. Mom and dad going to help him out a bit too. Maybe now with this program, you know, he's got enough down payment. Although he might ask us for a raise. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a new house, boss. Got to pay for it. And maybe he moves closer and then he can get to work earlier. Yeah, maybe on time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, I think that's it. It's good news all around. I'm excited to see how it affects the market. We've already seen the market is, is, has been steadily... Uh, warming up this year started off really strong and I think this will have a very very positive impact on it so if you are a first-time home buyer very very important uh, get your finances in order get some RSPs in there that you can pull out within 90 days meet with a realtor that can properly guide you through this process and make sure you're making the right decisions and also uh, just talking it out in terms of what your monthly costs are going to be uh, it's really really important to do the proper due diligence but uh, this is good news all around, and uh, we wish you happy house hunting. I'm recording a video of you. Well, that's a wrap. We're done. That's it for today, guys. Thank you so much. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and follow us wherever you may be listening.